0: Today I want to talk again about a character who was pivotal in the advent or the coming of Jesus Christ. And as I reflect on Simeon, I reflect on my life as well, and maybe you'll find it relevant to yourself. I'll begin reading in verse 25 of chapter 2 of Luke. The Bible says, there, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. Started out good. But that last word to Mary was something. You know, I look at Simeon and his anticipation of the Messiah. The coming of the Messiah. After 400 silent years where there was no prophecy, no word, and yet Simeon represented this tiny little uh, remnant, if you will, in Israel who was anticipating the coming of Jesus. And I think when I look at you and me, it ought to be reflective of you and I that are also looking forward to the second coming of jesus christ as we prepare our hearts and minds this christmas season and celebrate the advent the first coming of jesus we also prepare our hearts and minds to look forward to his soon return because i believe it's closer now than ever been and i believe it's mighty close we see where simeon was a man the bible says was a good and righteous man. He was righteous and devout. Because he was righteous and devout, those two words literally mean righteous. He was rightly related to God through his obedience and he was devout. He was, he was careful to do what God had asked him to do. Are you waiting for the Lord to return? Are you anticipating it to some extent at least? I pray that you are. And the Bible says that the spirit was on him it had been revealed to him by the holy spirit that he would not die before he had seen the lord's messiah and then it says moved by the spirit he quickly went into the temple courts now look with me if you will think back on this simeon some theologians said he was a very old man there is nothing in the scriptures that give you an indication of his age we don't know how old he was we just know that he was a devout and righteous man we know that he was one of the remnant that was looking forward anticipating the coming of the Messiah we know that so you can't read anything else into it there's nothing in there about his age and it really doesn't matter what his age was the point is is that he was obedient sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and on this day, he may not have thought about going into the temple court area. Maybe it was not his day. Maybe he was busy doing something else. But the Spirit of God came upon him and said, You really need to go to the temple courts to meet the Messiah. So he I'm sure he jumped up, and in, And as he's making his way to the temple mount, to the temple area, to the courts outside the temple, he there were probably people that knew him and... and waved at him and simeon how are you doing today and probably didn't even respond to them just kind of gave him a gesture with his hand maybe because he was on a mission and he was going to the temple courts because god said there you will see the messiah now i can see simeon as he is en route to the temple courts looking in the eyes of all of those that he passed is this the one is this him is he young is he old is he wrinkled? Is he not? Is he, what does he look like? And yet, as he is looking in the eyes of all of those that he passed, in the temple court area, there was this baby, this child. And he knew. There was something that the Holy Spirit prompted him to go to that those parents and take that child in his arms and, and look him in the eyes and say, This truly is the Messiah. Wow. And he looked at Jesus, and the Bible says, This is the fifth of the Christmas songs that Luke records, and the final one. So we have his song here. Well, he said he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So as he takes the child in his hands, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Jesus is our salvation. Simeon was patiently waiting for the consolation of Israel, the Bible says. That word consolation in in the uh, both the Greek and the Hebrew literally mean taught refers to the messianic hope. The consolation of Israel was their Messianic hope. One of the traditional Jewish prayers was, Lord, grant that we might see the consolation of Israel, the Messianic hope. They were looking for the Messiah. Many of them are still today looking for the Messiah, not recognizing Jesus as being that one Messiah that came, and yet they're still looking. But he was patiently waiting, and he saw the salvation of God in this baby and he said now now I can die wow that word is translated in the NIV dismiss some dispatch and some others have different translations but that word for dismiss in the Greek is a lot richer than what you can find translated in the English version for that word dismiss means literally to leave Uh, it's used in three ways in the Greek it's used to release a prisoner from prison. That freedom that, that they have been set free and they're on their way. A free man. Or it's also used uh, to untie a ship and send it sailing toward its destination. Uh, you know, one of my Navy guys earlier today said, this is what we do. We, we, we cry out when the last uh last ties are are loosed from the the harbor from the shore and we are set and sail and the flag is hoisted to indicate that we are en route to our destination or to take down a tent to pull up the tent pegs it's also used in that sense in every sense of those words it is the christian's expectation it is our lifestyle because on the one hand, we are all like prisoners uh, bound in this body and bound on this earth with the, with the chains of, of sin and, and, and the evil that we see around us. And yet, boy, one day, God's going to just set us free. Open those, those jail doors and say, you're a free person. Or, we're that ship that has been loosed from its harbor on in route, we know where our destination is. As we move toward that horizon of hope, we know what God has prepared for those of us. And that tent. Well, the Bible says in John 1 1, uh, the Lord became flesh and dwelt among us. That literally means he pitched his tent among us. He stayed for a period of time and then was gone. You and I do the same thing. We pitch our tent. We, we inhabit this body. We, we leave the tent behind us and we move on to that place where God has prepared for us. He is, Jesus is our salvation. If you never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the perfect day to do so, to open your heart and receive that hope that is found in Christ Jesus. You see, he said, now I can die. Now I can die. well, there's no record that he died right then, none whatsoever. We don't know when Simeon died, but we do know this, he was prepared. All of us have a time where the Lord is going to call us home. The Bible says there is appointed to each and every one of us wants to die, and then comes the judgment. Each and every one of us has an appointed time. Our days, the psalmist said, are numbered by the Lord. And so there is that time. When you come to meet Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, God allows us the opportunity to be prepared and to be ready. It has been said that you're not really ready to live until you're ready to die. Because when you face that final eternal question, where will I spend eternity, it will necessarily affect your daily life. I know where I'm headed. I know that I have trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I know that He has prepared a place for me, and I have no fear of death as a result. When I wake up, it should be my challenge, it should be my task, it should be my job to be prepared to confront anything knowing that God's got this under His control and I need to let go and let God and be obedient in what He requires me to do. It gives you a little spring in your step when you know that God is in control of things. Some of you who are controlling people may not feel that way. (laughs) You may feel like God has taken it out of your hands, and He has. And guess what? When you get to the point where you understand His sovereignty and are comfortable with it, then your life will be so smooth, so easy, so peaceful, that like Simeon, you'll say, now, I'm ready to die. If the Lord wants to take me home today on Sunday, I'm ready, Lord. But until then, I've got some work to do. But Lord, if you're ready today, I'm I'm ready. So we don't know when Simeon died. We have no idea. But I want you to notice his prophecy." In verses thirty-one and thirty-two, he says, "This salvation, which God has prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This is this salvation was not restricted only to the people of Israel. It was extended, expanded to all cultures, all nations, all people worldwide, Jews and non-Jews alike." It wasn't exclusive for those who are Jewish, nor is it exclusive for those who aren't. It is open to everyone who would believe in the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. Okay? So, there we have it. God is no respecter of persons. The salvation. Secondly, look at the sign. He says in verse 34 and 35, that... This child is destined to call the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. A sign that will be spoken against. You see, miracles are God's signs. A miracle is simply the revelation of God's truth. The greatest miracle of all time was was God coming in the form of, of a man, in a baby, in a human form, to be incarnate, in a human form. And that was God's sign to us. John would say in in the 20th chapter of John, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Wow! That's what signs are for, so that you may know that there is a God, and that you may know that this God has sent His only begotten Son into this world, that we through Him might have access to God the Father, and only through Him, I will add. Secondly, I want you to notice that not only is this sign a miracle, but Jesus will cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Falling. What is that? Those are those who reject Jesus as the Messiah and fall under God's judgment. Wow. There's a lot of people falling in the world today. I have heard a number of you have told me about family, friends, neighbors, community members, people you've come in contact with who would just rather not hear about this Jesus. I know it's Christmas, they may say, but, uh, you know i've heard it all before and they keep turning a blind eye to it a deaf ear their heart becomes harder and it's less pliable to the touch of the master and so as a result eventually it becomes like stone you see god doesn't send anybody to hell we do it on our own we reject jesus you reject jesus you've rejected god the father and you reject Jesus and God the Father, you've rejected eternal home with them. You said you didn't want to live with them. And God has given you that option. It's your choice. It really is. The falling of many today, we see, it's disturbing for me to see how things have, have moved in our country about things that are acceptable that aren't scripturally acceptable. For example... Uh, Wednesday night I, we had a little Charlie Brown Christmas and I had a lot of fun with that. But somebody told me they tried to access it on YouTube and somebody cut out Linus's part about the true meaning of Christmas yeah, on YouTube. Well, I'm sure Charles Schultz wouldn't have appreciated that at all. But we have, we have so much in our country, in our nation, among our citizenry that tries to either dilute or eliminate the claims of Jesus Christ. That's the falling of Israel. That's the falling of the United States as well. And any other country, any other people, any other culture who would reject Jesus. It's your downfall. And that falling means that you will ultimately fall under God's judgment. But there's also the rising. Those who accept Jesus and experience God's salvation are on the upswing. They're the ones that, that are upbeat about life on this earth because we're upbeat about life yet to come oh man so which category are you in the falling or the rising are you on a downward spiral in your relationship with God are you trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're on that upward trend the decision is yours it's not mine to give you nor anyone else's it's yours alone And then finally, there Jesus is also the sword. When he looked at Joseph and Mary, Simeon addressed to Mary specifically. He said to Mary, his mother, not to Joseph, which indicates to you and to me that Joseph probably died when Jesus was a young man. And therefore, he is addressing to Mary, who was alone at the cross. He says, This child is destined to call the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Oh my goodness. He's speaking of the suffering and the sorrow that Mary would bear as she watched Jesus grow up and watched Him die. You see the word for the sword is the hebrew word that's used for the sword of goliath it's a big sword and then when he says this sword will pierce your own soul that word for pierce in the greek is a continuing action which means this sword will constantly pierce your heart it's not a one-time thing there will be a constant piercing of your heart mary the kids in the neighborhood will abuse him they'll say derogatory things toward him Uh, he'll he'll not be well received Uh, he'll be ostracized by religious leaders he'll be shamed by others you'll see him on the cross couldn't say that then but oh the sword that would pierce her soul you see she stood by the cross and watched her son bleed and die an agonizing death What greater sword would there be for a mother to do that? I don't know. There were times when she misunderstood Jesus when he was growing up, and this led to her suffering. There was a time in in the third chapter of Mark where Mark records that the mother and the the brothers and sisters had come outside, and they were trying to get through the crowd that was thronging around Jesus. And when the disciples came to him and said. Your mothers and brothers are here. Your mother and brothers are here. And Jesus looked at him and said, Who are my mothers and brothers? Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So, in other words, his spiritual family became more important than his biological family. You who have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior are part of that spiritual family. You see, the last mention that we have of Mary is in the upper room where she is gathered with other disciples after Pentecost, and that's Acts 1, verse 14. We see her there. Well, Simeon was led by the Spirit of God, taught by the Word of God, obedient to the will of God, and saw the salvation of God. When we bring Jesus to someone, it may be a time of obedience to us, but a time of rejoicing to others. I don't know about you, but this Christmas, I anticipate every day encountering Jesus Christ. When you came in, in this building today, when you when you tuned in to this particular broadcast, did you really expect to encounter Jesus Christ? Now be honest with yourself. Did you feel the Spirit of God move in your heart and saying, I can't wait to get into that pew. I know God's going to be active. I know the Spirit of God is going to move among us. And I know there's going to be decisions. One of them might be my own. Was that you? Well, I'll confess, not every day in my life have I ever encountered the day with that attitude. But I guarantee you, when you anticipating encountering Jesus Christ, you will encounter Him during the day. When the Holy Spirit directs you to tell somebody about this wonderful Savior that we have, when, when God directs you to do something in ministry or service to somebody else, you can experience the presence of God in a way that you never thought you would probably do. Amen. Wow. So... When you came this day, what were your intentions? Well, we'd just go and look at some lights and sing a couple of hymns, hurry off to the restaurant. That's it. That's it. Check that one off my day. Or did you go into a deeper spiritual level? Did you actually prepare yourself for worship today? Did you look forward? Did you hurry off to the temple? Did you look for, in the eyes of the people? Are you looking to see Jesus in every situation that you find yourself or not? Wow. Well, I have to admit to you, there are times when I'm not looking, and yet I still encounter him. There are times when I'm not looking and I don't encounter him. And there are times that I look back on those experiences and say, you know what? He was there. And you didn't pay attention to it. Where are you today? Jesus is the salvation of God, the sign of God, and ultimately the sword that will pierce the hearts of many because of the rising and falling of those who have either rejected or accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Do you know Christ? Do you know Him as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever trusted in Him? It's a simple thing to say to the Lord in all sincerity, and the sincerity has to be there, and honesty, and openness, and transparency, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know that I've disobeyed You. I know that that disobedience has separated me from You, and the only way that I can get back to You, Lord, is by asking Your forgiveness and placing my trust in Jesus this Christmas, would you do that? Would you place your trust in Jesus? Maybe you've done that, but you've never publicly professed Christ as your Lord and Savior. And yet, if Jesus is willing to die publicly for you, the least we could do is to live publicly for Him. And Maybe you've never followed Him in baptism. This is your opportunity to do just that, to indicate... I am now a follower of Jesus. My life in Jesus has become intertwined. And maybe you're looking for a church home. What are you waiting for? If God's called you here, this is where you ought to be. Amen. What's so hard about that? What's the difficulty? People will let you out, people will wait for you. If, you know, you're not going to miss a ride, they'll wait. We'll make sure. Okay? this invitation is for you. Would you stand with me for prayer?